everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. We'll, we'll be starting this series today, and it's called, as you see, Heart for the House. Somebody say, I have, I have. A, heart a heart for the house. Yes. All right. See, God wants to use people who have a heart for the house. Uh, in the business world out there, if you're going to apply for a job, a lot of times uh, they look for your qualifications they look for schooling. Uh, they look at your education, if you've had experience. And sometimes you may not get an interview if you don't have these things, okay? Uh, just because uh, you don't have this or that, they say, hey, you know what? Uh, we're, we're, we're looking for someone who is more qualified. But how many know God doesn't work that way? God works the opposite. You see, he chooses first, then he qualifies you. So if you're in the room and if you got a lot of mistakes, if you got a lot of setbacks, if you've been dealing with some addiction, God tells you today, I've chose you. And then when I choose you, that's when I qualify you. And he's looking for someone just to step out and say, yes, Lord, that's me. Choose me. God chooses you, then he qualifies you. See, uh, God is not like the world system. The, the world system first says, you know, let, 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 let me see your background. Let me see your history of, of good reports. No, God is not looking at your past mistakes. He's not looking at your pitfalls. He's not looking at the panic attack that you had last week. No, God is looking today for a willing heart. Because he knows if he has a willing heart, he can get a heart for the house of God. I'm thankful for what God is doing in in your life. I'm thankful for what God is doing in my life because I know some of you here today, you come from some some times where they haven't been so pleasant, right? There's some of you today that you have some times that it hasn't been so peachy, okay? But... You found a way, even during the unpleasant time, to praise your God anyway. You found a way in the middle of the uncertainty, in the middle of the trial. You say, God, I'm going to praise you right here. I don't know what my next step is. I don't know what's happening in my life, but I got a willing heart, and I'm going to praise God even in the middle of the storm. I'm going to praise God. And some of you, you, you've been going through a storm, you've been going through some setbacks, and that still hasn't stopped you from praising God. You're still coming to church. You're still lifting up the name of Jesus. You got a willing heart. You know, I tell, I tell people all the time, you don't have to know all the scriptures. You don't have to know the entire Bible. Do you got a willing heart? Do you have a heart for the house? Because that's what God is looking at. Someone who has a heart for the house. So today we're going to look at a couple of scriptures. And the first scripture that we're going to look at is found in 1 Chronicles 
Uh, here's the story of uh, David, and David is um, a little bit older now. He's almost about to die, and before his death comes, he says, I want to build a temple. I want to build a house for God, and my son Solomon uh, is going to build this house. Now, David is a little bit older, but just because you're older doesn't mean you don't have anything to offer. No, if you're older, that means you're wiser. If you're older, that means you got more experience. And, and someone's getting happy over here, like, yeah, I'm older. <laughs> David, David had some wisdom and some experience that his son Solomon didn't have. Solomon was full of energy and passion, but he needed the wisdom of David in order to build this house. Somebody say, build the house. So here's how it looks like in 1 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, 22, uh, verse 5 through 7. It said, David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be great, magnificent, and fame and splendor in the sight of all of the nations. I'm going to say it just like this. If David was in the room today, he would say, hey, I want to build a house called Fuel Church. I want to build a place in Kokomo, Indiana. I want to build a place in Westfield, Indiana, where people can come, where people who are lost and are broken can come and worship the name of Jesus. I want to build a house. And he's looking at Solomon and he's saying, you're going to build this house. And I'm looking at you today and I'm encouraging you not on your mistakes, but on the potential that you have inside of you, not on your past, but the anointing that's on your life, not from where you came from, but where you're going to be. We're going to build this house together. He's calling you to build this house. And he says, Therefore, I will prepare for it. I want you to say, Lord, prepare me. He said, I'll prepare for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death of what he wanted the house to look like. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him. I love that. He charged, he charged him. He encouraged him. He spoke into his destiny. He spoke into his future. You know, a, a lot of, of us today, you've been spoken badly about. You've been spoken negatively about. You may even uh, been uh, spoken negatively to yourself. You look in the mirror and say, you're not worth anything. You're never going to make it. You're not enough. But I'm just so thankful that we got some Davids in the house that can speak into your destiny, that can speak into the potential that you have. He said, I'm going to charge you today. Solomon, me? I'm just so, I'm young, I'm inexperienced. He said, no, I'm going to charge you to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord, my God. Man, what, what kind of house are we going to build today? What, what, what kind of church are we building today? 
I'm just going to let you know from, from advance, this house will not, will not be filled with people who are perfect, who have it all together, who know the Bible from front to back. No, this house is going to be filled with people who need Jesus and are just a little bit broken. They need Jesus, but they're just a little bit. They don't have it together. They need Jesus, but sometimes they curse a little bit. Come on, somebody. But with the same mouth that they can sometimes curse, they come on Sunday and say, you know what? I'm going to praise God today. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I think the house that God is building is in you. I think the, God, I think the house that God is creating is in us. You see, he's looking for people to build a house that can, that can fill this place with the lost the broken, the confused. Maybe you've been addicted to, to drugs. God is building a place for you here today so you can worship him freely. And he's challenging you today, just as David was challenging Solomon. Hey, would you build this house with us? Because it takes all of us to build the house. Somebody say build the house. You see, when you have a love for something or a love for someone, there is some movement that takes place. There's actions that take place. My wife, she's sitting right here in the front row. Um, her name is Joelle. She is, woo Yeah. Okay. You, you've seen Joelle, right? Right. You've seen her stomach before you see her. Huh? She is, for, for those... For those who don't know, oh, I'm going to get it when I get home. <laughs> Wait. You guys, don't egg me on here. She's sitting on the front row right here. She is nine months pregnant. My God. Jesus. People tell me all the time, when's the baby going to be born? You know, how many months? I'm just like, she's 12 months. I don't know. It can literally, it can happen any day. It can happen any moment. Don't you dare give birth right now. <laughs> Don't you dare in the middle of the message. Man, we have, we have a little kid. Uh, his name is uh, Baby G. Baby G, he's at, at our house. He's the star of the show. He, he, he is the man and he knows it. Okay? Uh, there's this new baby that's coming and we're trying to, you know, train Baby G like, Hey, baby G, like, there's a baby on the way, you know? And, like, and he, he just doesn't get it. So Joelle and I were like, you know what? Let's get him like a little baby doll so he can better understand there's a new, you know, new family member coming in the way. So we get the baby doll. And I say, hey, baby G, look, it's a baby. And he goes, what? And he smacks him right in the face. <laughs> I look at Joelle's stomach. I don't know who this kid, I'm like, boy, you in trouble. You in trouble. Six years ago, we got married, okay? It, it was six years ago, right? Uh-uh, just making sure, just making sure, okay? I'm sleeping on half the couch right now. Six years ago, we got married, and uh, we, we first started dating, started going out, and when I felt like, you know what, uh, I feel like Joelle is the one, and... I was saying, you know, I, I want to get married with her. But how many know, just because I want to get married doesn't mean like the wedding is just going to appear, right? right. It's got to it's gotta cost you something. 
Yeah. It, it's got a, we got, we got Cassidy over here like, yeah, it's costing me a lot. <laughs> um, don't talk back to me because I'll talk right back to you. It, it, it cost us something. Right? We, we had to go into our savings, and we had to plan this beautiful wedding. Why am I saying this? You see, when you love something, it's got to cost you something. You see, when you love the house of God, there's got to be a sacrifice. There's some things that you have to give up. And in the moment, we said, wow, this is a lot of money that we're going to spend. But down the line, we see the investment in our children that's going to take place. I wonder if there's anybody here today that is willing to sacrifice for the house of God, who's got a heart for people who are broken and are lost, who are saying, hey, why don't you sit with me. We might be uh, different color skin. We might come from different backgrounds, but let's worship God together. Let's have a heart for the house. Here's how it says in Ephesians chapter two, verse 19, it says, you're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Man, look at your neighbor. Tell him you belong here. That was a long belong. <laughs> you belong here. You belong here. Okay? Somebody told me before, I love your Jersey accent. I'm like, I love your Indiana accent. <laughs> uh, you belong here. This is, this is your church. You see, this, this church here, it's not just the staff's church or Pastor Jacob and Tara's church. No, no, no. This is our church. Yeah. We're all a part of this. We're all part of the movement. And it says, he's using us all. Somebody say, God is using me. Say that one more time, but say it like you believe it. On three, you're going to say, God is using me. Ready? One, two, three. God is using me. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. Don't you dare think for a second that you can't be used by God. Don't you dare think for a second that you don't have a testimony, that you don't have a story, that you can't add any value to the house of God. You're valuable. You're important. It says he is using you. But, but how, is he, how is he using me to build God's house? Because I don't feel like I have it all together. Well, Here's how it says. He says he's using us all irrespective of, of how we got here and what he is building. He is using the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, but now he's using you. Now he's using you. Now he's using you. It says fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. See, that verse encourages me right there, brick by brick, stone by stone, because my life isn't completely together. Sometimes I got to take it day by day and moment by moment. But even in the worst days, God is working. Even in the worst moments, he's putting me all together. He's using you today to build the house of the Lord. He said, Stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together, we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God 
all of us. Somebody say all of us. Built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. Would you build this church with us? Would you, would you make space for God to use you to impact Kokomo, Indiana, Westfield, Indiana? We're going to look today at three thoughts that are going to help us have a heart for God's house. Okay? I love point number one. Just telling you right now. It's so good. Point number one says this. Don't let the culture of me keep you from what God has for us. Don't let the culture of me keep you from what God has for us. See, there's, there's people out there who, they're, they're all about themselves. It's all about me. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if they're sitting next to you, just elbow them a little bit like, hey, he's talking to you, wake up, you know? It's, there's people out there just like, man, it, 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 it's all about us. It's, it's all about me. But notice, those people who are maybe self-centered, they can sabotage the purpose and plans that God has for them if they're so focused on the me Instead of focusing on the me, how about we focus on the we? See, when we're thinking about kingdom, when we're thinking about the church, we can't think, uh, do I think symphony or do I think solo? See, God has to be glorified in this house. It's not just on one person's talent. It's not just on one person's ability, but it's the community all of us holding hands together and saying, we're going to stand for the name of Jesus. We're going to stand behind our pastors and lift up their hands. We're going to build this church together. Here's how it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, this is Paul speaking, okay? He says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare, about your welfare all the others can only, uh, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Paul is this famous, famous man in the Bible. I'll explain it like this way. Paul in the Bible would be like Michael Jordan today, okay? I, I, I said LeBron James before in the first service and people got offended. <laughs> so I'm going to say Michael Jordan this time. <laughs> Paul was like Michael Jordan back in the day. When Michael Jordan would walk into the room, everybody would know who he was. When Paul would walk into the room, I mean, this man wrote 14 books of the, uh, 14 books of the New Testament. He was a, a famous speaker, famous writer. And anytime Paul would walk in the room, there was always Timothy right next to him. But people would bypass Timothy, excuse me, I don't know who you are, excuse me. Hey, Paul, how you doing? trying to shake the hands of Paul. And Paul says this. Paul says, hey, you see the guy that you just bypassed that you were were rude to? He's like, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about the welfare. You know, there's some people in this room right now that you've been overlooked. There's some people in this room that you just go above and beyond for other people. You work so hard at your job. You work so hard at the factory and nobody notices you and nobody pays attention. And Paul is saying, hey, don't forget about this guy, Timothy. 
Don't forget about the faithfulness that he has because the love and care he has for others is like nobody else. And I came to encourage somebody today and tell you what you do in secret, God will reward you publicly. God sees what you do. God knows how you're honoring. He's going to reward you publicly, but don't be so focused on the me. Be focused on the we. Be focused on the church. Point number two, we're talking about three ways on how to have a, a heart for God's house. Number two is there is a blessing that God has for me as an individual that are designed to be received in the context of us, the local church. That's a mouthful. What does that mean? Well, my life is better because of the church. Your life is better because of the church. If you notice, your marriage has improved because of the church. Your, your kids, they come to, to the kids' ministry, they have a great time, they're having a blast. Maybe it's the teachers, maybe it's the Skittles that we pop into their mouth, you know? But they come out there and they're just so excited. Your family has been blessed because of Fuel Church. Your students have been blessed on Sundays because of what we are doing here in this place. And some of you are here today, you've received this blessing, and, and now it's time for you to be a blessing to somebody else. Maybe there's somebody here today and, and you're single, and, and you're in that waiting season, and you're just like, you know, God, I'm going to wait. And you're like, you know, you know, single people, when they pray, they're like, God, just show me where my man's at, you know, where he at. <laughs> you know, they talk in a different tone. But in the, middle of your, in the middle of your waiting season, you're not desperate. No, you're content in where you are right now. You know that God has someone for you. And even when that relationship does come in your life, God is still going to be your number one man. He's still going to be there. And although things may have not turned the way you want to, because of the church, you're content. Because of the church, you're planted. Because of the church, you're now more stable. Here's how it says in uh, Psalms 92, verse 13. It says, those planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Are you planted today? Are you, are you part of a team? Are you serving? Because the Bible says those who are planted, they're the ones that are going to grow. They're the ones that are going to flourish. And a lot of you here today have been blessed by Fuel Church. You've been blessed by this house. And now, man, I'm charging you today. Go and be a blessing to somebody else. Go and tell your neighbors about Jesus. Go and tell someone, hey, come to church to me. Come to church with me on Sunday. There is power when we invite others. Why not be the church today? Let's have a heart for this house. Point number three in, on why we need to have a heart for this house. What we are and what we can accomplish together is greater than any one part. See, I can do something good. You can do something good. But when we both do it together, it becomes 
great. I'm going to name you a couple of things that, that we, as a body, we've been doing together and we've accomplished, okay? Um, I don't know if you know, but since we launched Fuel Church, we have seen over 6,000 people said yes to Jesus. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, some of you uh, probably forgotten, but do you remember? We paid over $5.2 million in medical debt. Do you remember that? I feel like it was such a long time ago, but it was just last year. Look how faithful God is. We were believing God for that in the old building. We were praying for God to do a miracle in our lives in the old building. We were saying, God, man, we're just running out of room. We're running out of space here. The kids' ministry, the kids were hanging from the ceilings. Like, we need room. And and we, you know what? We sowed the seed in faith. We believed. And I came to tell you, when you're faithful with the little, God will bless you with the much. And it was this church that, that sowed that seed. And we all did this together. We had a heart for the house together. There's power when you, when you invite something. There's power when you invite a person, an individual you see, when you reach out to one person, that's good. But when we all reach out, that is very good. Do you have a heart for this house? Do you have a heart for people who are, who are lost, who are broken? And somebody here might say, you know what? I'm a little lost. I'm a little broken myself. I, I don't have my life completely together. Well, you're in the perfect position for God to use you. You are in the perfect position. If you feel unqualified, if you feel like you don't, you don't know every scripture, you're in the perfect position for God to use you. You know, a lot of us, we go to small groups, and I just feel like the Holy Spirit is telling us this. We need to either lead up or speak up. We need to either lead up or speak up. Here's what I mean. Number one, lead up. There are people here who come to small groups and you've been going to many small groups, but you've never taken that step to lead up, to lead your own small group. And I'm charging you today, if we're going to build God's house, maybe we need to do it. And even if we have to do it afraid, step out and lead a group. Step out and lead your own small group. And don't worry about what you're going to say, how it's going to happen. Begin to lead and watch how God begins to make you grow. Don't wait for an external growth. External growth doesn't happen. External growth only happens when you grow internally. And you are now in this season, you are growing internally. Your faith is stronger than it ever has been before. Your hope in Christ is stronger than it has ever been before. The next person that I want to talk to is people need to speak up. You go to small groups every single week. You're faithful. You're there on a Wednesday, on a Thursday. But when you show up to small groups, man, you just go there. You put the most mad face. I ain't talking. I ain't saying nothing. You know, go ahead. Wow me. You know, no, 
God wants to use you, anointed man of God. God wants to speak through you, anointed woman of God. You don't have to have it all together to start speaking. No, your story could be it's like, hey, my life is not perfect. I don't have it all together, but I'm still praising God through the storm. The enemy's not going to shut my voice. He's not going to shut your voice. He's going to use you. We've got to build the house. We've got to do this together. I remember uh, a story in the Bible, Moses uh, Moses, he was uh, talking to God, and, and, and God told Moses, I'm going to lead you into this promised land. I'm going to lead you into a place where it flows milk and honey. And Moses, his reaction isn't the reaction that I thought he was going to give. I thought Moses was going to be so excited, like, come on, God, let's go. I'm ready. Moses says this. He says, Lord, if your presence is not with us, then I don't want to go. Moses, what he's saying is, God, if your presence does go before us, if your presence is with us, man, lead the way because I want to be there with you. And we here at Field Church, man, we have some nice lights and, and we have some you know, amazing, amazing sound and amazing musicians, but if we don't have the presence of God, then why are we doing it in the first place? The one thing we need here is the presence of God. And I'm praying for God, for, I'm praying for revival here at Fuel Church. I'm praying for God to continue to do revival at Fuel Church. But if the presence of God, it's the presence of God that fuels that revival and brings the glory of God in this place. And maybe some of you here today, maybe you're, you got a lot going on, you got you know, things going on with your job and you got things going on with your kids. And here I'm encouraging you to build the house. And you're saying, God, you're saying, Gabriel, how? God, how can I do this? Okay. Or you're serving on a team right now. And maybe you're like, man, I'm being, I'm being stretched in, in different ways that I didn't think I can. And Maybe somebody calls out sick and, and you got to go and serve. And you're like, yep, all right, fine. I'll just do it. Man, I got a word for you today, and that's this. There is a new grace for a new place that I'm bringing you in your life. There is a new grace. And I don't know who that is for right now, but you're entering into a new season in your life. And you're thinking, man, how is it going to happen for me? How am I going to get new strength? God is going to give you a new grace. You know what a new grace means? A new grace is that you're not going to enter into a new season with a former grace or a former strength. God is going to provide something, boom, out of, the, out of the air to help you do what you need to do. There is a new grace for a new place. Let's build this house. Now that we have this new grace, let's build this house together. If I can get the piano guy just to come up here for a second and everyone just bow their head and close their eyes. I want to give someone an opportunity here today to say yes to Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here today, you, you're, far, you're far from God. You're, you feel like, man, I don't, I don't have any hope. I don't, I don't have enough courage. I, I just came here today because I, 
I just needed to hear from God. I needed something. And hey, this is your something right now. God is calling you right now. God is, God is asking you today, would you accept me in my heart? And he's not looking at your qualifications. He's not looking at what you did or what you've done or how you did it. God has given you an opportunity today to give you a fresh start. And if that's you right now, if you want to have a fresh start with Jesus, I'm going to pray for you right now, but I need to know who I'm praying for. And if, and if that's you, if you, want to, if you want me to pray for you and you want to accept Jesus, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Just raise your hand so we can pray for you. Thank you so much for that hand. Thank you so much in the back. Thank you so much right here in the middle. Hands are going up everywhere. God is giving you an opportunity right now to have a fresh, fresh start. Thank you so much. Hand right here in the middle. And if you didn't raise your hand the first time but wanted to raise your hand now, would you just raise your hand in the name of Jesus right now? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Thank you so much for that hand. There is a new grace for a new place in your life. I want our family to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart, to make me new, to make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, why don't we put our hands... Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.